Clay, do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle? Uh, I was always a Raphael man myself. Yeah. He's the he's the adult's choice of Ninja Turtles, I think, right? I don't know. I think Raphael, I think it's one of those things where in retrospect, I, I feel like he's not. So I think he's... You think uh, you grow up and you become a Leonardo fan? Just I think like, so, <laughs> yeah. Or if, you know, if you're, if you're intellectual, you become a uh, Donatello. Donatello fan. And if you're just a slack-jawed podcast host, you become a Michelangelo fan, I think. Mm. So. You know, one of my the the great mysteries of pop culture to me has always been the um, the Turtle Power song from the yeah. Ninja Turtles movie, where uh, in the lyrics of that song, he lists off all the Ninja Turtles, and then he says, uh, the last one he lists is Raphael, to which he says, he's the leader of the group, which Anyone who knows anything about Ninja Turtles knows that is not the truth. <clears throat> That's on the short list of facts everyone knows about the Ninja Turtles. Yes, yeah, everybody after, knows Leonardo. After them being the turtles, Heavyweight's yeah, Le- the the Ninja Turtle crown. Leonardo, Leonardo. leads. That's it's in the yeah. song. Leonardo leads. It is. It's in the song. That's all he does. Leonardo kind of leads in this what is one. It? Raphael is Raphael is cool but crude. Is that what he's? Yeah, Raphael is, is cool. Yeah, cool but crude. <laughs> Michelangelo or rude. Party, dude. Rude. Yeah, yeah, it's probably rude. Yeah. No, my uh, my kids got into... They didn't get into the Ninja Turtles. They saw something about the Ninja Turtles, and whenever they see something, they're always like briefly like, what's this all about? So you show them. And I was like, you guys aren't going to believe it. There was a cartoon I used to watch called Ninja Turtles. It was like, I, I watch that show all the time. I'll show you. They're like, this is great. Uh, a, it's not great. That show does not hold up whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, are you showing them the original one? The original, the original that's, Saturday that's morning tough. cartoon. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, I remember watching that all the time, but it's uh, oh yeah, that's terrible. That's a terrible. Just well, kid shows in general have come light years beyond what that was. Where it's like it's so slow, oh, yeah. so boring, and they just talk and talk and talk. Yeah, um, that's the secret. Is most of those shows that we revered as children are awful. Yeah. Merchandise like the, sellers, I, obviously, but oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm. This is the 40th anniversary of the Ninja Turtles. I, I oh, it am is? impressed that they have managed to keep coming back decade after decade. Yeah, um, especially after I the saw, cartoon. <laughs> they keep making them. They keep making I know, cartoons. They, they make new ones. Yeah, yeah. Seems yeah. a little bit better. But yeah, I saw someone on Twitter say something about like. We had no idea how good we had it as kids with something as quality as the X-Men cartoon on every Saturday. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. dude, no. I can tell you one thing. The X-Men cartoon lives in your memory from the beginning of the theme song <laughs> to the end of the theme song. <laughs> if you go back and you watch that show, you remember the big hits. Up. If you read the comics, you remember that they did, a, you know, there's a cable story and then there's the, oh, yeah. you know, they did the Dark Phoenix. They hit all the big things that they have to hit, but getting there now, is Batman. a hell of a journey. Batman the Animated Series, that holds up. Most of the other ones don't. Yeah, if only there was a podcast about that. This if episode only there was a podcast. This episode is called Concerning Flight, and we're here to talk about Star Trek Voyager. So let's do it. It is the 11th episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on November 26, 1997. Teleplay goes to Joe Minoski. Story credit goes to Jimmy Diggs and Joe Minoski, directed by Jesus Salvador Trevino. In universe date is 513-86.4-2374. In concerning flight, when pirates steal the ship's main computer and other critical equipment, Captain Janeway tries to track down the missing equipment with the help of the holographic Leonardo da Vinci. 
How do you pronounce the guy's name? Is John Rees? Is it Rees? You pronounce that Rees, right? John I think Rees. it's Rees. Rees? Yeah. John, John Rees Davies. Rees. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. John Rees Davies. Concerning flight. So, um, this is one of those. This is one of those episodes that we end up talking about Ninja Turtles for forty minutes. It, it might be. I, I had we to don't come, have much to talk about. I, I have to come. I have to come in somewhat dramatic. <clears throat> if I was in a bad mood, this is the kind of episode that would make me go. I'm just shutting down the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I uh-huh. it, it was I thought this one was like egregiously bad and uh, you know I, I it's gotten me into thinking about like we've been doing this for so long right we're like different people now than when we started this podcast seven years ago almost literally because it's every ten years your entire cellular yeah, body <laughs> it's a better, turns over right it's a better plot than this episode if that was a Voyager <laughs> episode but ten years ago you know the podcast started younger didn't have kids was I married I must have been married yeah I was yes. married um, yeah, you're married. You know, just a just a simple job. Everything was everything's going fine, and now it's like as you're getting older and older, um, my time becomes more critical. Like I I, res- I respect my time much more, and I find mm-hmm. that the Voyager episodes that I just feel are a complete waste of time to be super obnoxious when I have to watch them. And I felt I thought I thought this one there's potentially an argument. This is like a two, but I really hate this episode. And I think it's terrible. <laughs> Um, I'm just imagining one of those like time lapse things where you're sitting watching <laughs> concerning flight from Voyager season four and your first son comes in and he's like, I've lost my first tooth, dad. And then he leaves and then he comes back in. And he's like, dad, I'm getting married. And then he leaves and he comes back and he says, dad, I'm going to be a father. It's, and you're still watching concerning flight. It's like the giving tree of Voyager episodes. <laughs> <laughs> just every time he talks you got to rewind it cuz you missed something. You got to make sure you talk about it on the show. Yeah, it just it just for those $15 in Patreon money that the people are putting towards here in this one. Such a whore. No, it's it's really one of those like I think that it's like just at, at the point of where you are are we are at our lives at this point it's just like my when I started the podcast I just, I think I just had less going on and it was like there was like it was okay with like a sort of stupid star trek episode (laughs) and now it's just like because i i tried to finish this at night right or i tried to watch Mm -hmm. it at night i fell asleep in the first 10 minutes and so i finished Mm -hmm. it this morning and the episode was so bad it was one of those where i was like do i have to rewatch the first 10 minutes because i feel like i've missed (laughs) a lot of information about this like, I just I am tickled that this is the one that's finally broken you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you. You thought this was like a three, a three of an episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean I I, I think I'm just, a little we, we've bit, gone through so much that this is su- the surprising episode. Yeah, I think it's yeah. This one was was like the definition of inoffensive, like to me. It's uh, it, uh, I I don't think it was good. Yeah, but I don't. I I think I liked it a bit more than you did, but. I, I just that's why I find it funny that of of all the ones we've watched over the years, this is the one that finally made you reconsider the entire endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the. I think it's just the fact that this felt like utterly pointless, like just yeah. utterly pointless. There, like yeah. for for an episode that is like, it has these things. Like you have Da Vinci, you have this stolen plot thing you have this like trying to fly in a glider story you have 
a guest actor. Like you have the stuff. Um, the, it, it's it's really just like it's a great Voyager pinnacle example of what what is like what's this about ultimately? Like what, why why did you do this? Why why does this have to happen? And I think maybe this is a good leaping off point. I think a catastrophic mistake Voyager made like is you mean launching pad is the EMH doctor character <clears throat> has mm. completely destroyed whatever the rules used to be about holographic characters in Star Trek. He's like, yeah, he's made it to the point where none of it makes any sense. And now you have to treat all hologram characters like they're real characters. And you can't just be like, hey, Da Vinci, can you shut the fuck up <laughs> so we get out of here like, so we can run right. away? I just think it's a that's that's the thing now that I've remembered that's what I thought I missed in the first 10 minutes when I was watching this the second day it was like why doesn't she just turn him off or who cares about this holographic right. character like why doesn't she just leave him behind did I miss something is he been has he been created in a sentient way through this he hasn't he's just the hologram down there that nope. she goes down and, I don't know I thought it was stupid what say you <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was ultimately pointless. Um the I found myself equally uh flummoxed by the way that they treated the holographic character only mostly because a lot in a large part because I was thinking about the spe- specifics of how things work cuz I'm like, wait a minute. Like this the ship took a bunch of shit from the ship and like they took the the entire CPU from Voyager, like where I understand the concept of the holographic emitter being like a hot spot for the hologram, but is so is it still projecting out of the holodeck? Like, is this thing still localized in, in, on Voyager? Is that the the emitter? Is that how this works? No, like the 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 actual hologram of Da Vinci, da Vinci that's walking around on the planet. Yep. Is he? If you went into the holodeck and said "end program," would he disappear? Oh, I, uh, that's a good question. Or if you deleted him on Voyager, well, I, I guess they're saying he's downloaded to the emitter or something, right? Like he's yeah, he's okay, down there. Sure. Like that's that's the thing. It's like I don't I don't know. <clears throat> not that it really matters, but I don't know what the limits of this holographic emitter thing are. No. Which is why you, when you get into an episode like this, you end up in this weird pseudo like kindergarten interpretation of measure of a man type thing where it's like the the completely uh artificial construction of a hologram of uh the encyclopedia britannica understanding of da vinci Mm. all of a sudden touched grass for the first time and that's the and you're just like i but they I don't also, know. They I have, don't really know what I'm supposed to do with this. They make huge leaps where Tuvok and Janeway have some scene where they're like, this man, for all intents and purposes, is Leonardo da Vinci. And it's like, how can yeah, you, how can you that say that? <laughs> like, they, yeah. All they know about da Vinci is like his writings and his his work and his art and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, do you they know what They pause him in the middle of the episode. They pause him. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so... I, I think the EMH did damage to this because in TNG, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had this problem where turning like they were there I, I like the idea of there being a distinction between data and the holodeck people where it's like data is something else other than what the holodeck people are and the holodeck people are except for um the 
the the Moriarty character who like becomes larger than the holodeck, which is a, a big thing in that story. They're just kind of like they're just toys that you can play with, or it's like it's acknowledged right. to be a computer program. Here, I feel like this was another episode where it's like, is Janeway unhinged? Why is she not right. reacting appropriately to what's gone on here? There's no reason yeah. to be obsessed with this Da Vinci character. It's A, not Leonardo Da Vinci, and B, it's just a hologram that's running around down on the surface. And, and I think that, you know, to a larger point of the EMH, I don't think they've defined effectively what makes the doctor special in terms of being a hologram or anything like that. So it's like, yeah, I think you're in rough shape. And outside of the Da Vinci stuff, this just felt like, your greatest hits of how you put a cliche Star Trek together and, you know, they steal something from the ship. You got to go get it back. You run around in the San Fernando ba- Valley for half an hour and then you go home. And that's the end of the, that's the, end of the episode. Yeah. And it's not even like Da Vinci was some sort of <clears throat> metaphor for something no. Janeway was dealing with, which would have made this worth more. Yeah. Um, she's just like, ah, no, I just like hanging out with him and I want to see him happy. Yes. Um, <laughs> they yeah, don't get it. Like, they don't have anything. They don't have a they don't have a real the relationship. The villain the villain disappears halfway through the episode and then he just doesn't come back. Yeah, he he exists to get hit on the head so that they can yeah. they can run out of there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very it's very strange. Like what I checked out on this episode about halfway through. Once yeah. I, I you know, I'm like, okay, I see what's going on, blah 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 blah. And then like once I realized that the villain wasn't coming back, I was like, oh, this is this is nothing. This is worthless. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, the more interesting episode was happening on the ship, which I I found to be <laughs> for for all of the episodes where they've done uh they've given really interesting plots short shrift because they have to stuff the episode with like B plots yeah. that are sci-fi and weird. This one had probably the least amount of B plots and the least amount of focused B. There's like two, there was the doctor thing, which was like one scene. And then there was the seven thing, which was like one scene. And then the rest of it was all Da Vinci. What's and seven? Just, what's seven second scene? I remember the seven and doctor scene. What is seven? <clears> there's the story? scene with uh, the first scene with seven and Harry where Harry's like, listen, Uh-oh. Right. You gotta learn how to not sound like a, an asshole when you yeah. talk to people. Yeah. She's like, that's inefficient. <laughs> like that, but he stands I, very close to her for for too long. Yes, yeah. <laughs> when he has, I loved that because he walked into that personal space of hers, and he reacted the way people on television shows react, and she reacted the way a normal human yeah. in the real world would react, <laughs> which was very funny. He got too close to her. Uh, her backside and she turned and they were just awkwardly awkwardly nose to nose yeah. Yeah. and he's like <laughs> and she's like what are you doing get away from me um i thought the doctor stuff was actually probably could have been a better episode yeah that's because fun, at least yeah and you've got this thing i mean if you want to do something looking at holograms in the real world or holograms existing outside of their yep permanent space it's the obvious contrast in the episode yeah right? the prisoner you've of got the doctor, the doctor yeah. exactly the doctor who has gotten used to free reign all of a sudden is now confined to the sick bay again yeah what does that do all of you all of a sudden he's into gossip and shit he was never into gossip before in a real in a you real know? like licking his lips kind of way he's like yeah tell yeah me it was <laughs> the- <laughs> how'd that make you feel <laughs> 
So did you when you when you fought? Did you like touch each other? <laughs> I, I I liked it. I, I thought his performance elevated that the material there. But it, it is it is the contrast seems obvious. But those two the two holograms don't talk to each other, and you know yeah, I don't think they need to talk to each other. I think it's just that the it is it is a a good contrast to whatever's going on on the honestly I don't give a shit about what's going on with Da Vinci like it, send Janeway and Tuvok on a three scene chase to get that shit back and then spend the rest of the time with the doctor who's you just know, going back to, deal to being with, uh, yeah <clears throat> yeah back to being imprisoned I would agree I guess it's this episode started off as they like the the working title was just Da Vinci's Day Out and like the whole concept kind of springs from this idea that they have this guest I, actor. Yeah, I can see them just wanting to do something more with John Reese Davies because I mean, like my 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 first of only two notes that I took on this episode was it's always nice to see John Reese Davies. So I can see them being like, yeah, we should do something more with him. What do we do? I don't know. We'll put the hollow emitter on him. We can walk around and shit. Yeah, I was, I was even so negative on this. I was like, I don't, this, this guy's doing the like generic job. That this, this is like, this is how, you know, European stage actor plays Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, of uh, course. Of yeah. course. But like uh, someone of his caliber phoning it in is better than most people on any Star Trek show. That's, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I would have just. I don't know why they felt the need to stick with the Da Vinci. Caterina, come with me to the vineyard. He's like, oh, this is human Emmy. <laughs> this man owns the show. He's the captain now. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's kind of frustrating in its lack of being about anything or having anything to do with Janeway or anything to do with the... I mean, the, the, the reason I feel Janeway to be unhinged is that uh, first of all, when they take the computer core out, I would expect Voyager to have more problems than it does, which it seems to be a normal ship. Mm-hmm. It's just missing its computer core for some reason. Um, but her just going down to get this thing back, it's the lifeblood of the ship. It's necessary. And she's just overly concerned with what this hologram that her and Tuvok, as you say, pause when they don't want it to hear what they're talking about or when Tuvok has to leave or something. And why are they, why is Tuvok lying to it? I don't know. Like, <laughs> this, he's, he's, he says he's Scandinavian for some reason. It's like, is this? Yeah, he's, for some reason he has to keep up, keep up the illusion of the hologram. I don't know why that's important. Like, <laughs> isn't the it's way that these person. traditionally work? <laughs> Well, yeah, and also the way that these traditionally work on the holog- on the holodeck is like if you walk into a, uh, if you walk into like a gangster scenario, mm-hmm. and you're dressed like you're from Star Trek, they go, "Hey, where check a load, get a load of this guy's duds. Yeah, where are you right, from, yeah. pal?" And you're like, "I'm from the planet Vulcan." Like Vulcan, what's that over outside the tunnel? Yeah, you know, it's like they <laughs> yeah, stay in character. Yeah, they like, do. They all yeah, yeah, process it. Yeah. No, they they were afraid they're going to blow his mind. Which also, <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed that third <laughs> voice that I have now. You'll never hear it again. <laughs> holodeck character, Italian holodeck character who doesn't doesn't know where, where uh, things are. the The thing that gets into the end is that you know they've been treating uh, Da Vinci as a real person or whatever, and treating him as the, you know, this is Leonardo Da Vinci. Like we have to respect this man. He gave us so much. It gets to the end, and Janeway is like. Admit you're fucking stupid. 
she's, she's like, do you think the sparrow can understand what I'm saying to it? And he's like, no, I don't think so. She's like, maybe you're the sparrow in this allegory, you motherfucker. And he says, yeah, yes. Was, so he, so it's either amazing. the show is either saying that Janeway's smarter than Da Vinci or she's just humbling a holographic character to its face. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know which interpretation is supposed to be better, but... What a waste of time! But anyway, they get on a glider and they don't crash it, which I wish, which I was hoping would happen, and they, they fly out. That's it. I don't even remember how did they get the thing back. I don't even remember how they get it back. The core. Yeah, they just beam it back, don't they? They just beam it back. It's one of those episodes too. The, the whole time you're going, why don't you just beam the fucking thing back? You know, just yeah. like get, just get it, get it, get this stupid thing. They don't. And also, it was I, very convenient. I, I, I wish- I was just gonna say, I wish I wish Tuvok had been like, Captain, can't we just shut this thing off and get on with our day? <laughs> it's also very convenient. Uh, he left the glider right to where they ran to in the end. You know, mm. he just left his glider there, and that's good. It's effective. <laughs> I. Voyager's how come he choice, knows how to work with all those metals and shit? Uh, like the the like Star Trek metals, is that what you mean? Yeah, like the the yeah, he's he's Leonardo da Vinci. He's quite clever. He knows how to fly the glider. How come Voyager? I find Voyager's choice of things to add to the show to be very strange in a lot of ways. Mm. Like I found the Bally Bally's Total Fitness Club workout thing that was strange generic french bar was the best but it was also very strange mm. like why 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 this yeah like that's a good example if you walk into chez Fouque and you start acting like a crazy person fake kramer is gonna right, respond yes. to you in character you yeah know? yeah he will you want to play pool or not <laughs> i don't care where you're from why da vinci what does da vinci bring to voyager that makes it go, oh, of course, it has to be Leonardo da Vinci that is a recurring holographic character on this show. Sherlock Holmes um, makes sense for data. There's like a mm-hmm. deduction thing going on there. And he doesn't Maybe. understand the mystery. But here it's just, I don't, I don't know what the point is. Da Vinci was on a voyage, an artistic voyage of the mind. He was. In a Why way not Raphael? That- <laughs> Why not Donatello? <laughs> Why not Leonardo? Uh, I don't know. It would be fun if it was just Janeway painting the Sistine Chapel with Michelangelo. That would be fun. Yeah. Do you buy Janeway? I guess, I mean, Janeway being into Leonardo da Vinci makes sense, I suppose. Is her? her- I'm a little bit sad they dropped the Victorian thing because that was yeah. more interesting. That at least had a weird psychosexual bent to it uh, though- instead of just like... You know, ah, I'll never, I'll never figure out how to sculpt. Weird. I mean, this continues the sort of very interesting choice that they're making, which is that Janeway is always submissive to the hologram that she's working with. Like she's the mentee mm. in this relationship. And my favorite part was when they were running away at the very end. There's a, a distance, a long shot of them, and he takes her hand and leads as he runs. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's this weird um, <clears throat> submissive relationship she has with either the Victorian novels where she's just the housekeeper or something who needs to talk to Mr. Darcy or here she is, you know, kneeling at the feet of the master, 
and mm. that's the relationship she has. She, she's into some sort of dom dom sub thing. Yeah. Apparently, honestly, I think this episode gets twenty five thirty percent better if you just give Janeway some sort of obstacle or like uh, struggle, internal struggle that this is all sort of you know helping her work out. But she she's got none of that. It's just find the thing, get the thing, leave. Yeah. And she does it for the, the captain goes off and does it for some reason. It is, it is find the thing, get the thing, get out of there. I guess the original idea, Minoski, I was just looking at the background as Minoski hated this episode or the way that it turned out. It had started as this Da Vinci's day out kind of thing. And I get the impression it was kind of like, <clears throat> it's almost one of those things that there's no crew involved. And mm. his problem was that he says it's one of those episodes that got killed in the writer's room because I had the idea that, like, basically, it sounds like the emitter just ends up on a planet somewhere. Like, the the emitter just ends up in this random situation, and Da Vinci mm-hmm. is in the emitter, and he has a little adventure. Um, and apparently the room had a real trouble going, like, well, how did the emitter get there? And he's like, it doesn't matter. We'll just say that it got there. And they said, no, no, no. Like, people are going to complain. We need to understand how this emitter got there. So the whole villain setup to the theft and everything is a result of the room trying to explain how the hollow emitter got to the planet in the first place. Mm. And it's like time orb. Yeah, right. Just to the just to get the profits involved and, and fix things yeah. like that. But it's it's so I mean, if that's the case, it completely undoes whatever your episode is supposed to be because ninety percent of the episode is about the theft at at this point. Mm. And it's like yeah. who cares? Because the theft is pointless, stupid, and Honestly, just, you know, my resolution is just just beam the stuff back. If they beamed it away from you, yeah. just beam it back and you'll be okay. I, I mean, I would argue, <clears throat> if I was in that room, why is the original version any better? Like yeah. What what are yeah. we really getting out of an episode with, with Da Vinci just <laughs> dicking around? Poking, poking around. <laughs> you, you're going to run into the same problems. You know, you're going to run into the same story problems. Where it's like, well, what does he have to do? Yeah. Build something, yeah. And then, then what? He has a, a, a he has a crazy wine he's never had before. <laughs> One comment: Whoa, uh, a woman with three breasts. <laughs> 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 what is this, Paris? JD in our live stream comments is recording just this. Just says it's generous of you to think that they selected Da Vinci based on some sort of thematic meaning, but that's what this podcast is all about: being generous. Generous to everyone. Generous to the world. Except not not generous to this episode, apparently. <laughs> one of the um, one of the reviews said that but at this point, uh, Paris has just become, uh, how do they say it, sort of like one-liner guy on the show. Yeah. Which I, I yeah. hadn't noticed, but it is very obvious. He'll, he'll chime in with some, what is he? He says something in this one. He says, like, it feels like we've been mugged. Yeah, that's what he says. He goes, it feels like I've been mugged. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's his entire contribution to the episode is just to say some this, nonsense he he is the progenitor of the well that happened guy yeah that is yeah. in every these th- all of these things now that's when you just whittle away all the creativity and it comes down to someone doing like an like an eye bump or woof, woof you know that kind of thing. yeah yeah boy i hated this episode Let's go to final yeah. thoughts and patron thoughts here. You can support the show at patreon.com slash file. If you're so inclined, then you can be like JD in the comments right now. You can watch the live stream of us recording these episodes. That's only available at patreon.com 
slash the Penske file. Whole bunch of podcasts over there. Whole bunch of stuff. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. So we'll go with our patron thoughts. People can leave thoughts about upcoming episodes and we read them on the show concerning flights. The first one here, I'm going to go with Kyle Barrett. At first, I thought the opening scene was merely setting the stage for a metaphor or theme the episode would explore, but no, Da Vinci learning to fly is literally what this episode is about. I was about to work out if this was a Janeway episode or a Tuvok episode, but I guess it's a Da Vinci episode. John Reese davis is fun, doing his generic foreign accent he does whenever he's not playing a Brit, although I would have liked a scene of him doodling gay sex acts in the margins of his work, just like the real Da Vinci. I wonder if this is what first contact would have been like if Berman got his way and it was set in the Renaissance Italy with Data teaming up with Leonardo. Although the true star of the episode is that beautiful corduroy shirt Tuvok is wearing. Two out of five. I read in the... Did I read in the trivia that Tuvok is actually dressed the way Mirror Universe Spock is dressed? Something like that. No, he's dressed like... Is he in the first Mirror Universe DS9 episode? He might make a guest appearance in that, and I think he's wearing the same clothing that he he does in that one. It's something like that. Tax Albert says, concerning flight hollow, John Reese davis just doesn't do much for me, even though it was interesting to see a hologram interpret everything within the parameters of its programming. JC Superstar says, concerning flight, every time I see Da Vinci, I know I'm about to be indefinitely underwhelmed. One out of five. Some short ones here. I'll just burn through these. Artorias says, concerning flight... John Reese, John Reese Davis is fun to watch, and Tuvok was stellar as a sassy Vulcan in the episode. The episode left me at a loss about what was the point. It played with several ideas, but never decided which one it wanted to be. Unfortunately, it could not take flight and get off the ground under the weight of its own indecision. Two failed flights out of five. Point Extra G says, concerning flight, it's John Reese Davis. I can't say anything bad about an episode with him in it. You can't. Leonardo and Katarina having an adventure on an alien world. It's great. I want more stuff like this. Someone's been drinking. <laughs> Here, I'll give, I'll, give you, I'll give you this one. This is a little bit longer. <clears throat> Where the hell's your Discord comment? There it is. This is Malo Perverso. Concerning flight. Not much to comment about in this episode. If you ask me, I guess it was better than watching paint dry. But I must say that it seemed that the Leonardo da Vinci actor could have sure afforded to lose a few pounds. Because in my humble opinion, he'd look just a tad better thin. Parentheses. Nur. (laughs) Exclamation point. Thank you, Malo. Jaron Hatch says, concerning flight, boy, for an episode that has a soaring climax that sure lands flat, doesn't it? This should be an easy win for the show. Not only do we have pirates attacking Voyager for irreplaceable supplies and equipment, which is appropriately on brand for this particular series, but you also get the perfect setup for TOS-style campy goodness with Leonardo da Vinci running around Space California. And yet, all we end up with is the classic Voyager tri classic Voyager trifecta of banal, bland, and boring, which is frankly astonishing considering what they had to work with. Mulgrew and Reese Davies do enough heavy lifting here to win multiple gold medals, but alas, it's not enough to lift my attention from the dreaded work emails I plow through while watching this show. Two aliens casually chasing our heroes through the foothills of LA out of five. I'm kind of amazed that Minoski was like, it doesn't matter how the hollow emitter got on the planet because they got one of them. Right. Yes. Seems like it would you, kind of be a big deal. You'd, you'd <laughs> have to. Just you'd, gone. you'd have to explain 
why he hijacked it. I think in some you'd have mm-hmm. to you would have to do some explaining. I I guess his point is not to be so hung up on it, but sure. Because my interpretation is um, there's only one, right? Right. So it yeah. seems kind of important to to keep it. I guess there's no reason why there couldn't be multiple Apollo emitters, but whatever. Changeling says, concerning flight, when I heard this episode opens with Mulgrew getting all wet with John Reese davies I expected much more interest. This episode feels like halfway through the writing process, the writers realized that they were just retreading stuff used 20 times already in Star Trek, a computer program learning to go beyond the limits of their program, but just reworked the story in a runaround with a guest actor plot. One, that is not a flying machine, but a gliding machine. Get it right with a W, Mr. Da Vinci, out of five. Matt Ross is concerning flight. John Reese Davis is always someone I want to watch, and it's too bad he was only in a few episodes. The stealing of com- this is the second of two that this character is going to be in, so that's fine. The stealing oh. of components and pieces. It's only two. Yeah, I th- I I could have sworn we'd seen him more than once before. I was also confused I, I, about this, and I read the memory alpha. We go into mm. his workshop more than two. Yeah, times. that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I was I was confused about it because they're like he's. In two of two episodes, and his thing appears in you know seven episodes or something. It's like, oh, I thought we would have seen Great. it. Uh, the stealing of components and pieces always makes me wonder just how much a Voyager can be destroyed or taken before it's useless, and stealing of stuff is a neat story beat. The dorkiness around Seven with Kim is getting annoying, but clearly Seven causes friction everywhere with the best FU gaze by Tuvok. The alien for all of his stolen texture is an idiot for not seeing Voyager approach or recognize humans. Besides the processor, can't they replicate everything? Three most Isleys wanna be three most Isley wanna be matte paintings out of five. Final comment. I was I was almost I, I was almost convinced they just used the same set from the angry episode. That like but that um farm stand bazaar courtyard. Oh place. yeah, the other one we just watched, yeah. 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 <clears throat> It's all Wouldn't the same. Wouldn't be surprised if it was it's just slightly repainted. I actually thought the um, the my favorite set was the one where they were kind of sneaking around and they do that very cliche thing of like the guards are walking on their. It's sort of that like pipe piping industrial looking building. Just yep. looked it looked different. That's that's all it caught me for. Grappler John Zorn says concerning flight. Welp, it's better than that shite with Amelia Earhart. Two out of five. I preferred the Amelia Earhart. Yeah, I would take the Amelia Earhart episode over this one. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening and leaving your thoughts about concerning flight. Clay, on our scale of one to five, what are you going to give this one? I'm going to give it a two. I didn't hate it. Maybe because I don't have children. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see my life (laughs) slipping away as quickly. Why? Um. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a low to it's just it's just it, it is in that it exists. Um like I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone out there who like this is one of their favorite episodes just cuz it's like so inoffensive and it's just mm. Janeway having a fun time. Like it's it it feels like the kind of um <clears throat> excuse me platonic ideal that a lot of uh i see a lot of people almost kind of wishing for these days where there's really not any conflict no tension it, whatsoever it's just no tension just and it's just the characters characters you like doing things you enjoy you know sitting around having a having a cup of tea for an hour 
It's your favorite thing ever. Yeah, it's one of my um, one of the the viewpoints. I I'll never understand it. We get we get the comment all the time um, on YouTube or Discord or anything. Is that there's there's a large contingency of people who, uh, in response to what we have to say about an episode, which could be you know certainly because we have to talk about the episode for forty five minutes to an hour, you kind of like get into the episode at a point. But there there is a lot of a line of thought of um hey I don't I don't need episodes to you know be about anything <laughs> or like that's sure. because they're like I just like to watch the show. Sure. Um which I never I, I feel like this is an example of like why that doesn't work for me, really. Like mm-hmm. and this is not a great example, but like I'd be curious what a great example of a show just kind of putzing around for an hour is and you're like this is this is well worth my time i i find that to be that's that sort of feedback is like what i really hate about this episode and why i'm going to give it a one is because i just feel like when when the show doesn't have anything that it's talking about or trying to say or like trying to talk to a larger point about you know emotional state of mind or a, a, a ethical thing or like a sort of like brain experiments about like what would happen if this happened to this character. If it's just like Janeway walks around in California with a guy pretending to be Leonardo da Vinci, it it <laughs> hits me. It, it just hits me as like someone at some point should have realized that this is bad and done something about it. I understand the churn of television needs these episodes, but like I think that like out of anything you can do with your life, it's better than watching this episode. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how bad this episode is. It's like this. In some ways, there are worse episodes of Star Trek, but this is such a waste of time. Such a waste yeah. of time. Like, li- like listen to a song. Like go for a walk. <laughs> do, do anything. Any of the thoughts you have on a half hour walk are going to be better than what this episode gives you. You know, yeah. just just yeah, just go I out. think. I think those kinds of episodes can be good um, if you've got a, if you've got characters that are good enough that you can just let them be themselves, and that that in and of itself is enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I think those, they're is. still going to talk about things in those episodes. Like characters who are well sure. drawn tend to have a conversation that means something. Like, right? You know, because the, the argument is a bottle show. You know, if you have the fly episode of Breaking Bad where it's just Walt and Jesse trying to get the fly out of that room mm-hmm. for an hour, that sounds like that, but the episode is about their relationship yeah. with each other at that point. Oh, of so course. It yeah. means something. Yeah, uh, this is also something I would point to when people complain about modern TV shows having filler episodes. Uh, you don't really understand what a filler episode is. <laughs> yeah. The, the Da Vinci episode smack dab in the middle of the fourth season of voyager that is a filler episode yeah and it's just it doesn't have there's just nothing clever or engaging about it enough to to carry it over its lack of you know interesting story yeah just it's just kind of yeah it's just kind of hitting beats that are you know not really that interesting John Reese Davies is fun, but again, like he, I, who gives a shit whether or not hologram Leonardo da Vinci understands how space flight works or whatever they're doing here? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think if you replace, it's a tough. 
if you were to Charger. replace Davis with a usual <laughs> bad sort of like Star Trek guest actor, I don't think the episode mm. drops off all that much. Actually, like I, you know, mm-hmm. it's like sure. he's yeah. his performance is fine, but there's he's not. He's not elevating it in a way, mostly because the material can't be elevated. But it's just like if you just replaced him, I don't think the episode would actually change. It's it's the opposite yeah. of um, Kurtwood Smith in Year of Hell. I think if a, if mm. a regular guest star took that role, I'd be like, this episode is not doing anything for me really whatsoever. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't think there's. You know, I think it would just take a couple changes to make this, you know, a a, a decent amount better. Yeah, like uh, imagine if. You played this episode more or less the same way. You've got uh, Da Vinci experiencing life or whatever the fuck they're doing here. And then at the end, uh, they get back to the ship and he gets shut off. And then the next time Janeway goes back to the hologram, she turns him back on again. And he, he's been reset. He has no knowledge of anything that happened. Like that, yeah. that you know, something like that. It's like, oh, okay, shit. Like that even though if that doesn't actually mean anything, like I, I don't have a point behind that. It feels like it does, yes, you know, yeah. <laughs> which, is more, which is more than the episode <laughs> that exists now. Yeah, it would feel like it had a point. Do you, before we go, do you have any, um, do you have any thoughts about the reconfiguring of holodeck characters that this series has done? Is this is this a big mistake? I'm starting to view this as kind of a big mistake because they they come back to this quite frequently. It seems like to me. Yeah, I I think um, I think it should be something that is exclusive to the Doctor because it's you know what's the hologram has the holodeck has so few rules already that if you just throw the rule book out the window completely, it's just you know. Whatever, it's, yeah. it loses any any narrative weight, you know. Yeah, it just becomes more it becomes more obvious a way to just play dress up, really. If the, like if you start just abandoning whatever uh, character rules that people have, or like how people view those things, and you know, because it it loses it completely. If you take this this Voyager attitude and you put it on that, um, and we did that TNG episode, the uh, Hollow Pursuits. Which is the the Barclay was making like the crew members mm. on the holodeck. Yeah, that episode doesn't work if you use Voyager's outlook on the holograms in that right because the only reason that that becomes somewhat acceptable for Barclay is because the holodeck is just a program. It's like making right. toys for you. Yeah. It becomes much be, darker. Honestly, if that's not the case. Although honestly, that is what you're talking about. Kind of an interesting episode if you've got a hologram version of tom paris or something mm-hmm. who uh gets their hands on a hollow emitter and now you've got two tom parises Probably walking around, walking around yeah <laughs> i don't know that sounds fun <laughs> that's where you, that's where the distinction has to come from you know and confuse them. or here's an episode idea um as part of as part of his uh preparation for worst case scenario regarding seven of nine Tuvok creates a holodeck version of Seven of Nine that skews towards being a villain. And then that version of Seven of Nine gets out of the holodeck using the hollow emitter. Yep. And then starts wreaking havoc and everybody turns on Seven of Nine. I don't know. Starts standing really close to everybody. (laughs) It's really freaking (laughs) them out. I know. No, anything anything would have been anything would have been better. I 
I also I, I'm I think the holodeck on this show is a really good example of how um, uninspired a lot of the show tends to be. Yeah, because they don't do anything novel with it. You know, the the, the holodeck on TNG was brand new. It was a brand new concept. Yeah. <clears throat> so they were kind of setting down the rules for it. They can kind of do whatever they want. Deep Space Nine does some interesting stuff with the holodeck where they, they've got a holodeck of a different sort where it's now part of like a gaming system. Yeah. It's much, know, more, and, for, and much more for um, darker human, yeah, darker human yeah. desires really, yeah. Weird sex, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on this one, it's like it's not even... The, the holodeck on Voyager is not even as interesting as the TNG holodeck because they they don't – it's just – they make rooms. Yeah. That's they all they do rooms. is just make rooms yeah, yeah. with people standing in them. Sometimes <laughs> five people, sometimes one. You know, it's not it's not yeah. really that interesting. Like there's no Voyager spin on the holodeck. Like it's not broken. Like there's nothing fucked up about it. It no, works it, perfectly because it, 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 it it's on arguably, some other fucking drive or whatever. Yeah, it should arguably be the most important to the crew holodeck of all the series. It, it's yeah. the only escape yeah. that that they have, and it's it's not it's not viewed that way. It is it is as you say, just an excuse to make a different room where people can stand yeah. in, which is pretty pretty sad. How about how about an episode where um, they have to uh, <clears throat> they have to conserve power? And so holodeck usage is now has to be done in groups. Yeah. So now you have, you to, have to share you have five people who have to share a holodeck program. <laughs> so you have to figure out what they can do that five people will enjoy. Yes, is, I don't know. Don't open that file. No. No, it should. I don't it's it's Voyager being lazy, I think. Voyager. A strange show. That's it for this one. We're done with Concerning Flight. If we're back next week, we'll cover whatever the next episode is. <laughs> if not, Mortal Coil. Okay. So Mortal Coil is the next episode. So I'm going to give this one a five. Clegg's is a two. And I guess we're done. Patreon.com slash LePenskeville. Support us there. All kinds of stuff. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Did you know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990 was for a while? the uh, most successful independent film ever made. Well, yeah, it made, yeah, it made $10 million or something, but I mean, yeah, obviously for scale, I'm surprised it was independent, I guess, really. Yeah. I think I can't remember the specifics of it. I know it was distributed by new line, but I, I don't know if new line was the company that actually made the movie. Yeah. And yeah. new line. I don't know if new line at that point was still considered an independent film company. I'm not really sure. Oh but. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and I think I don't, I think it might have been Blair Witch that unseated it, unless there's another one in there, you know, in the mid nineties. Oh, wow. that I'm forgetting, but yeah. <clears throat> Would you rather watch the Ninja Turtles or Blair Witch? Ninja Turtles, hundred hundred percent. I I've, I am looking for. I'm assuming it's on our list, Rotten Horror Picture Show list, which is the horror movie podcast we do. Check mm-hmm. out our Patreon. We're doing the Halloween movies this year. Uh, I'm assuming it's the that's on the list. You got to respect it. You got to respect its place in history. You put it on that list. Yeah, like I came to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I've only watched that once. Yes, and I, I I watched it way too late. Like I had. Oh, you didn't see it in I the was, theater. No, oh, no, okay. no. I I I didn't see it until well after it came out on video. So I already knew everything about it because wow. I was really fascinated by it. 
Yeah. And so by the time I saw it, I already knew all the ins and outs and stuff. And so I didn't really think it was that interesting. But I still think it's it's ending belongs on a great moments in horror yes. history. Yes. I think like the ending it, is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a long way to go for a spooky sandwich. Um, <laughs> but the Ninja Turtles movie mm. amazes me every time I watch it. So hold. I still think it's it's unbelievable. Those those suits are amazing. I haven't seen that in a long time. Maybe maybe I'll it's great. watch that. It's really good. Point. All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Check out Patreon, all that stuff. We'll be back with Mortal Coil next week. See ya.